If you have a Bible, turn with me to Isaiah 43, verse 18. Isaiah 43, verse 18. And you can make a shout. A shout by faith for all the OU Sooner fans that we're going to win tomorrow night. A shout of celebration for all the Alabama and Clemson fans. A shout of celebration for the OSU Cowboy fans. A shout of celebration of all the Christians in the room that Jesus is Lord. Y'all like, man, we shout a lot here. We're a church that's alive. We like to make noise. Isaiah 43, 18 says, forget all of that. Forget about Clemson and Alabama and OSU and OU. Forget about all those games. Forget about all those victories, those losses, those failures, whatever it is. Don't hold on to the past. I love how God is a forward God. He's an onward God, a progressive God. He's not a God that camps out at the miracles of 2,000 years ago. He still is doing miracles today. God's not the kind of uh, high school football player that, that, you know, graduates, grows up, and is still living in the glory days. Remember the glory days, the glory days, the glory days? No, for God, the glory days are always in front of us, that there's always something greater God wants to do. He is not stuck on what he's done in the past, so you don't get stuck on what's happened in the past. The good, the bad, and the ugly, let it go. He says, forget it. It's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. For I am about to do something new, something new. See, I've already began it. It's already started. Can you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I'm going to create rivers in the dry wastelands, the wild animals in the fields. They will thank me. Yes, I will make rivers in the desert. I have made Israel for myself and they will be refreshed and honored in front of the whole world. God is getting ready to do something new, church. Can you see it? Now, one more scripture and then I'll let you sit down. Joshua chapter three, verse five. Joshua chapter three, verse five. Joshua said these words, consecrate yourselves, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord is going to do great wonders among you. So if we're gonna see God do greater things in 2017, it needs to start with consecration. You've made a great decision by starting your year off right in church. That's a great decision. Those of you that are watching online, starting your year off in church, in the Word of God, listening to the Word, being part of the family of God. And I believe God's going to honor you because you've honored Him at the start of this year, that you're going to make that decision to prioritize God. Joshua was saying, we have to consecrate ourselves because what God's about to do, we can't do it without Him. We need His help. We need His strength and His power. Well, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us this morning. Let us leave change today. Let us leave, God, with more hope. Let us leave with more clarity, more direction on this new year. I pray, God, that people would hear your voice and not mine. And, Lord, they would uh, just experience your presence like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, hold the hand of the person on your left and your right. Lift it high up in the air. Ashley, come join me. You know I always want you up here with me. I don't want you holding hands with anybody but me. All right, Grand Grand, you can hold hands with her. Okay, all right. That's really why I call her up here. <laughs> all right, we're gonna say the Victory Confession. If you're new to Victory, feel free to join along with us. This is a declaration to say, God, speak to us today. So on the count of three, the words are on the screen. Here we go, one, two, three. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. 
My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Give somebody a high five. Say Happy New Year. Well, the title of the message this morning, the Word of God is Review Preview. Review Preview. This is a practice that I do in my staff meetings every week. I sit together with our core team of staff members and I say, okay, let's, let's review preview. I want us to review what's happened in the last week and preview what's coming up in this next week. So we talk about, okay, how was children's church? How was youth service? By the way, we have awesome children's church uh, staff members, pastors that are loving on the kids every week. How was youth service? We got great youth pastors. We've got great staff members here. How's Camp Victory going? What happened out there? The Dream Center, the Bible College, the school, K, K through 12th grade. Tell me what's happened in the last week. So we review. And one of my uh, principles when we review is we're going to spend more time celebrating than we do criticizing. We are not going to spend a ton of time critiquing everything and, and complaining about stuff. We will acknowledge the areas where we need to grow, but I'm one of those, I like to keep it positive. Everybody say, keep it positive. You know, when you start getting to that mode where everything's critical, we should have done this, could have done that, we should, we need to grow here, we need to do that, blah, 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 blah. It just gets negative. And so we can address some of those things, but I like to keep it as positive as possible and always paint it with a positive picture. So today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna review what God has done and we're gonna preview what God's about to do. This is what Joshua was doing with his people when he brought them together in Joshua chapter three, verse five. He was saying, guys, we've gone through a lot. We just went through the wilderness. We came out of Egypt. We know what it's like to, to go through painful times, but we know God has something great in the future. And before we step into that preview, we need to consecrate ourselves and just surrender all the review. We need to surrender the good, the bad, and the ugly. The wilderness, the miracles, the Red Sea that was parted, because if you get stuck on what happened in the past, you're gonna miss what God wants to do in the future. Joshua had seen the vision of the promised land. He had seen the preview, the prophetic preview of where God was taking them, but he had to get that in the hearts of the people. So today, here's what we're doing. We're reviewing. I want us to just thank God for a moment for the blessings, the battles, and the bruises of 2016. All three of those, the blessings were great. The battles, they stretched you. The bruises, they gave you a testimony to talk about that, hey, your scars can become stars. Your messes can become a message. Your tests can become your testimony. So just go ahead and thank God right now for what he's done in this past year. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, God, for what you did at Victory, what you did in our families, what you did in our marriages, what you did in our children. God, what you're doing across the whole, uh, God, church worldwide. You know, I think about how this last year, Victory, we grew 8% in our church. Attendance, membership, people joining the church. Yeah, we celebrate God for that. As a church, we were able to give a lot into missions and into discipleship and raising up children and teenagers to hear God's voice and, and connecting with uh, lost people, bringing people to Jesus in our church services and reaching people to Dream Center and outreach. And we're gonna celebrate that. But I also had a moment where I just had to reflect and say, God, I need to repent because there's areas that I could have gotten stronger in this last year that it, it wasn't that I did anything bad. I didn't have any bad sins, but I just felt like, Lord, I. I don't wanna waste another second of my life. We're not promised tomorrow, so I wanna live every day as if it's my last. You know, the way we feel about a new year, how you transition, 
uh, is really how you step into whether this year is going to be a great year or a rough year. Because like Ashley said, if you transition into this year with a sense of discouragement, there's a game that we used to play as kids. I'm getting somewhere. But there's this, there's this game that happens at, I think it's at the fair. It's at certain fun houses, stuff like that, where you're attached to like a bungee cord and you have to run and get as far as you can to stretch out and you have to you know put something on velcro that touches the end of it but the the uh, bungee cord pulls you back you know what i'm talking how many of y'all know what i'm talking about so i don't look foolish okay so i remember playing this game as a kid as a teenager anytime i saw it at a fair or carnival or something like that i wanted to play it because it was fun and it pulls you back but I'd run as fast as I can, and as I got to the end, it's stretching and stretching, and I'm trying to get out here, and as soon as I get there, I'm, I get pulled back. And some of us are going into this next year that way. And I'm glad Ashley said what she said, of cut the strings. Cut whatever it is that keeps pulling you back. Whatever addiction, whatever problem it is, whatever guilt, whatever shame, condemnation, cut those strings, because God wants you to not just run and then shoot backwards he wants you to keep running to keep going further than you've gone before go higher than you've gone before and it starts with consecration so towards the end of, of, of 2016 last night I just took some time to just say Lord I thank you for the past and I surrender everything that could have held me back and I'm going into this next year with great expectation I want my heart to be prepared for what you want to do to consecrate yourself is to set yourself apart you can't purify yourself, but God can. In order for God to purify you, you've got to give him your heart, your life. You've got to consecrate yourself. You might say, well, Paul, that's easy. All I got to do is go down to an altar call and pray. Well, that's part of it. But a bigger part of it is your attitude about this upcoming year. It's your disposition about this upcoming year. Some of us in this room, we, we are going into this next year thinking we can do it all by ourselves. And that's a big lie. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't produce the fruit you're supposed to produce, the capacity that you're meant to, to run at, the height that you're meant to go towards. You can't do it without Jesus. And so Jesus is saying, come to me, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. So it is a, a step towards an altar, but it's also in your heart a decision. You know what? I'm going to carve some time out at the beginning of this year to really just lay down my life and say, God, whatever you want to do in me and through me, I'm all yours. I want to encourage you to fast something in this month, in January. What does it mean to fast? Fast means to give something up, not to lose weight, but to give something up for a short amount of time, a start date and an end date. And during that time, as a substitute for whatever you're giving up, to spend more time pursuing God to spend more time praying, more time meditating on scripture, more time developing your character, reading some uh, discipleship books, some devotional books you could get from the bookstore, or podcasts, but whatever you do to just spend more time pursuing God. You say, well, Paul, what, what's that gonna do for me? I am completely convinced, not even a second guess in my mind, you will have the best year you've ever had if you have the best year spiritually. You, 2017 will be the greatest year you've ever had if it's the greatest year spiritually. And to have the greatest year spiritually, you've got to set yourself up. There's a story about two lumberjacks. And there was a competition. These two lumberjacks were competing to see who could cut down the most trees in a certain amount of time. They were going to start at 6 a.m. and go till 6 p.m. So the whole town came out to watch these two lumberjacks. They, they didn't have chainsaws. They had... Uh, 
axes. So <laughs> I was trying to remember what it was. So they had their axe and uh, they had a referee who's kind of counting the trees and, 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 and blowing the whistle to say, okay, it begins now and it ends now. So they're out there in the woods, the whole town is watching, he blows the whistle and one lumberjack, man, he runs out into the woods, he takes his ax, he just starts chopping tree after tree. He's strong, big, broad shoulders, big guy, tree after tree, chopping it down, chopping it down. The other guy, the other lumberjack is sitting in the forest, just sitting there. And the, the lumberjack who's just chopping trees is looking at him like, what a fool. He's wasting his time. What is he doing over there sitting down? We are in a competition. I am going to whoop him. I am going to beat him. He's doing nothing. In fact, the town, they were confused. What's this guy's doing just sitting down during the middle of the competition? And it just began. And so this one lumberjack just keeps chopping, chopping. And after a while, he kind of got tired. He was thinking, well, the other guy's doing nothing. So I'm going to take a break because I'm exhausted. The other guy stands up. And he starts chopping tree after tree after tree all the way to the end of the night when the competition ends. Referee blows the whistle, it's over. They tallied up how many trees had been chopped down and the one who had been sitting for a long time at the beginning ended up beating the other guy. And he was so confused. He said, what in the world, how did you beat me? You must have cheated, what did you do? How did you beat me? He said, and, and this is what the lumberjack said. He said, what were you doing? You were sitting down for such a long time, wasting your time, and yet you still won. What were you doing? He said, I was sharpening my ax. I was sharpening my ax. See, you can chop a lot more trees down when your ax is sharpened than just rushing into this year thinking, I got this, I can do this, I got, I got charisma, I got talents, I got skills. But if your ax isn't sharpened, you're gonna burn out. You're gonna get weary. You're gonna get exhausted. What was that man doing? He was sharpening his ax. What are you doing today? You're sharpening your ax. You're getting in the word of God. You're putting God first. What is this Bible reading plan? Why do we ask you to read two or three or four chapters of the Bible a day? It's about sharpening your ax. God wants business people in this room to prosper, to be ahead of the curve. God wants moms and dads and families to prosper this year. God wants to give you new dreams. God wants some teenagers in this room to be multi-millionaires before they're 21. God wants some singles in this room to do greater things before they get married, to do incredible things so that when they do step into marriage, they got a whole big resume of stuff they've already been doing that God's been doing in them and through them. And you say, well, Paul, how do I produce so much fruit? How do I... Uh, uh, reach my capacity? How do I go further and climb higher? How do I do it? By sharpening your axe. What is that? That setting time aside. This is what fasting does. It sharpens your axe. You know what? God spoke to me and Ashley that this month, there's a few things we're supposed to give up. Nothing bad. I mean, just, and there's nothing wrong with some of the things you give up. Maybe some of you in this room, you feel like you're supposed to, for 21 days, give up pop. Hello. <laughs> Maybe some of you in this room, you feel like for 21 days, God's calling you to give up entertainment, sports, watching TV. Maybe some of you in this room, you're supposed to give up social media for 21 days or for the whole month of January. And maybe you're looking at me going, I don't know if I want to give up anything. <laughs> but I'm telling you, whatever you give up for that period of time, a start date and an end date, whatever it is, seven days, 14 days, 21 days, if you will spend time pursuing God, making the most of your dead time. Maybe instead of playing games on your phone this month, you just say, you know what? I'm gonna delete all the game apps on my phone for 31 days, no games, no video games for some of you guys that love to video game. What if you took some time at the start of this year to sharpen your ax? 
I'm telling you, that's how you're gonna start hearing from God what he has in store for you. As we review this last year, we thank God, we repent, we surrender, whatever it is that's behind us, we cut those strings, and then we begin to preview, what does God have in store? God gave me a word for this next year. I was praying and the word was carry, 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 C-A-R-R-Y. And every year I feel like God puts a word in my heart. Most of the years, the word speaks for itself. One year it was acceleration. I know what that means. In one year it was flourish, to grow, that this year was gonna be a year that I would flourish. One year it was health, to get healthy. This year when I heard the word carry, I was thinking, God, what does that mean? I, what, do you, what do you mean, carry what? What am I supposed to carry? What are you gonna carry? I don't know, what are we carrying, what it is? And so I looked up what the word means. And carry means to support the weight of, to transport, to transmit from one location to another, to assume and accept responsibility, to be responsible for the success of, to undertake, to shoulder, to sustain. And then God spoke to me when I was looking at it. He said, Paul, I'm gonna carry you this next year. I'm gonna carry your family. I'm gonna carry the church. I'm gonna carry the finances. I'm gonna carry, he said, there's things you've been carrying that you were never meant to carry. Sometimes, he said, the reason why maybe you've been tired in this last year in 2016, some of the, the reasons of the weariness is that you've been carrying what you were never meant to carry. He said, I want you to let me carry what I was always meant to carry, and I want you to carry what you need to carry. I said, okay, God, what do I need to carry? He said, I want you to carry my anointing. I want you to be a carrier of my presence. I want you to be a carrier that everywhere you go, whether you're in Tulsa, whether you're on the stage at Victory, whether you're speaking to a group of, of, of workers at Quick Trip, whether you're in Africa or in Indonesia, whatever you're doing, I want you to be a carrier of my presence from one location to the next. He said, Paul, I'm gonna carry your dreams this next year. He said, I want you to tell the church, I've got their marriages, I'm carrying them. I'm carrying their families. I'm carrying their dreams this next year. I'm carrying it to fulfillment. Come on, give God praise. This is a year you're, you're gonna see God carry you. I remember when I was younger, when I would get tired, my dad would carry me on his back. He would carry me on his shoulders. One time we would go, many times we would go to the Illinois River and we would do float trips on the Illinois. Anybody ever do a float trip on the Illinois River? You're not a true Okie until you've done a float trip on the Illinois, I'm just kidding. But we were on the Illinois River and there was a part where it was really intense. The rapids had gotten really strong. And he said, boys, come over here, hold on to me. I'm gonna carry you through this part. And I thought about that. God said, Paul, I'm gonna carry you, and I have carried you through the difficult times of life and through the mountaintops of life, through the good, the bad, and the ugly. I want you to see this year that you get to December 31st, you can look back, you can review and say, he carried me, he carried me. He carried our finances, he carried our family. How many of y'all will receive that? The other word, this is a season for the prophetic realm at our church. God told me this is a year to walk in the prophetic, Paul. This is a year for your church to rise up in the prophetic. Today's a little bit different. I'm preaching a message, not just for victory, but for I think the church worldwide, that God wants us to move into the prophetic realm. What is the prophetic? It's seen ahead of something that hasn't happened yet. There were prophets that prophesied in the Bible that Jesus was coming hundreds of years before he came. 
There were prophets that prophesied what was going to happen to Jerusalem, that the walls were going to fall, that Jerusalem was going to go into captivity to Babylon hundreds of years before it happened. But every prophecy carried a, 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 a strong backing of hope. God's going to redeem. God's going to restore. God's going to bring back. God's going to turn things around. Harvest is coming. Breakthrough is coming. The Messiah is coming. The Deliverer is coming. Can I tell you this? If you hear a prophetic word that doesn't carry hope with it, that's not from God. Because no matter what the word is, if the world's going to get darker, the church is going to shine brighter. No matter what's going on in our world, the people of God will prevail. The church will stand. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. So I started just seeking God and, and just looking for those prophetic words, like the word he gave me on Carrie. And this one word popped out to me, and it was a, a person in California. They said, I believe 2017 is the year to see prophesy and seed into the next 100 years to see prophesy and seed into the next 100 years and that stood out to me it jumped out to me 100 years and this lady said it's not that I'm saying Jesus won't be coming back for another 100 years he could come back tomorrow we should live as if he's coming back today don't grow weird. Don't, don't fall asleep, Christians. Jesus is coming soon. The trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. Jesus is coming back. But what she was saying was we need to get our eyes not just on what's in front of us. Don't just be looking right here. We need to fly like eagles. See, chickens, they look down here. They eat down here. All they can see is what's right in front of them. Eagles, they can see far. They fly high. They eat on a higher level. They live on a higher level. God wants us to rise higher and to see what he wants to do years from now, decades from now. To prophesy, not just what he's going to do in our life, but in our kids' lives, our grandkids' lives, for singles in this room. That God's got a prophetic word for you to walk in, not just for your life, but for your future marriage, your future children, your future children's children. And then to seed into that. So I started looking, what does that mean? What does God want to do? And by the way, a prophetic word will always be confirmed in more than just one person. That two or three witnesses will confirm a prophetic word. You'll hear it. Maybe you'll hear the word Cincinnati. Then you'll hear it at a church service somewhere else. Or you'll hear it on TV. Or you'll hear it in a movie. And you're like, Cincinnati. I keep hearing Cincinnati. What does that mean? Maybe someone in this room, God's called you to do something in Cincinnati. Start a business. I don't know what it is. But God starts speaking to you. He starts giving you certain things, random things, like Old Navy, apple pie. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to somebody? It's, it's, it's crazy. You might think I'm weird, but I am for real. Since I was a kid, there have been words, moments where God said something. Let me give you an example. This one time, my dad was at St. Francis Hospital 20 years ago. Follow with me on this. 20 years ago, he's at St. Francis Hospital. God says, McDonald's. Y'all like, that sounds good. My dad just was like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not even hungry, but I feel like I'm supposed to go to the closest McDonald's to St. Francis. So he drives down and he's driving around the parking lot of McDonald's and this family spots him in his car. They wave him down, Pastor Billy Joe, Pastor Billy Joe. And he rolls down his window. They said, you won't believe. You are at the right place at the right time. We have been praying that we would run into you. 
our family member is in the hospital and we need a miracle. And God said, you need to get with Pastor Billy Joe. You need to talk with someone from Victory to pray for your family member. We didn't know where to go. We didn't know where to find you. So we were at McDonald's and there you drove up to McDonald's. See, God had divine appointments and assignments. Y'all might think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you the Holy Spirit is way beyond you. Can I tell you another one? There was a businessman in our church. God told him three companies 20 years ago to invest in. These were small little internet companies that weren't even on the map. I mean, so small, like who's Google, what? They're not gonna make anything. <laughs> God spoke to this businessman, why don't you invest in some of these stocks? I don't know why I'm gonna do that. He just heard it, invest. I believe God wants to give prophetic words for business people in this room to prosper so that you can advance the kingdom of God. And don't forget where the source is. Don't forget where it came from. Oh man, if you only knew the secrets God wants to speak into your heart, you would be at church a lot more than you realize. You'd open your Bible a lot more. If you only knew the secrets God wants to, the mysteries God wants to reveal. There's a businessman that was in our last service. 20, 23 years ago in the early 90s, he took over his company. It was going bankrupt. The previous owner said, you should just sell it. Just, you know, just sell it. There's, there's nothing much left here. God said, don't sell that. Start seeding towards the prosperity on that company. Start seeding, start sowing into what I'm about to do. He was a young man, he started sowing. Not only did they get out of bankruptcy today, that company is a billion dollar company in Oklahoma. Hey, don't be mad because it's not you. Celebrate because God's getting ready to accelerate your, your dreams, your destiny, your purpose. This is gonna be a place where people go, I don't know what's happening at Victory. I don't know what's happening in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But there are more and more influential leaders popping up out of that place, changing the world. This is gonna be a lighthouse and it's gonna move in the prophetic realm. If you don't like the prophetic realm, you're gonna miss out on some great things God wants to do. There's a Chinese proverb that says, in the midst of crisis lies great opportunity. This first word, see, see. What do you see right now? What do you see? I'm gonna break down these three words, see, prophesy, and seed. See, what do you see? In the midst of crisis lies great opportunity for those who can see it. In some of the worst economic downturns, the money doesn't leave the earth. It's waiting for someone who can see the potential to find it. There are so many people that tap in the, in the midst of the worst economic moments of our nation. They've made movies about it, of people that they see it. Oh my goodness. It's like the mystery just was revealed in front of their eyes. It's like they heard a secret. That's where it is. In the midst of moments where you think, I don't know how I'm gonna make it. I don't know how our marriage is gonna make it. You've gotta start seeing the breakthrough. Stop seeing the problem in your marriage. Start seeing the breakthrough. Stop seeing what's wrong with your life, your problems, your difficulties, your inadequacies. Start seeing what God wants to do. In Numbers 13, Moses sent out 12 spies. He said, I want you to go and see the land and you tell me what you see. 10 came back and said, oh, there's giants. There's mountains, it's too big. I mean, it's just, we, we're not gonna get in there. That land is not for us, we're too small. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. But two out of the 12, 
That's 17%. By the way, this is not Christians and atheists. These are all children of God, which tells me there's many children of God that can't see what God has in front of them. Two out of 12 children of God saw it. 10 didn't see it. I want to be part of the two. Anybody else? I want to be part of the 17. That's why you're here on the first day of the year. Lord, what's in front of me? What's in front of me? So these two, they come back, Joshua and Caleb, they say, oh, we see great opportunity, great potential. The grapes are huge. The giants, they don't stand a chance against our God. The walls, we can take that down. Jericho is nothing. God can do whatever he wants to do. He parted the Red Sea. He can part the Jordan River. That's nothing for him. Joshua and Caleb, they were filled with vision. They could see it. Vision drives your destiny. Vision drives your potential. Vision drives your capacity. What do you see in here? Without a vision, people perish. This year, get a vision. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says, don't just see it in here. Write it down on paper. You can't fulfill a vision that you haven't written down. Start writing down. I've started writing stuff down. There's something God gave me 10 years ago when I was 21 before this building was finished. It was still in its infrastructure. They didn't have a ceiling yet or walls yet. It was just open, a cement stage. And I was running around ORU campus in 2006. And I heard God say, go run across the street to victory. I was just a college student. I ran into this room. I sat on this stage and God just dropped a vision in my heart. He said, a million people in every nation. I said, what? He said, a million people in every nation. You're called to help. Victory is called to help reach a million people. Not me by myself, that's us. So you just got involved in the vision. A million, you're like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for that. Hey, you're here, you're part of it. And you don't realize how close we are to getting to that vision. With what technology has done, has opened the doors for us to reach into more nations. What television has done. What online ministry has done. There's people watching today online. Hey guys, from all over the world. God is getting ready to explode the prophetic words that have been spoken over Tulsa and over Victory. And the springs that are about to burst forth. And you get to be a part of it. You got a front row seat to the prophetic revival that has been predicted in this city and in this church for years and years and years. You were born for such a time as this. Don't you go anywhere. Don't you go dying on me. I need you here. I'm going to preach a message this year called, Don't You Go Dying On Me. You are part of this vision. A million people in every nation. That's audacious, Paul. That's bold, Paul. That's that's arrogant, Paul. No, that's giving God something to do. That's giving an impossible situation up to God and say, I can't do it, we can't do it, but God, you can do it. And what God births, he brings to pass. Some of you have dreams in your heart that you've discounted because you say, I'm too small, I'm too young, I'm unqualified, I'm uneducated, I'm too old, I missed my chance, I didn't get on the train when I should have, I missed the window of opportunity. Stop making excuses and start giving it to God because he wants to do something greater in you and through you, church. Are you getting this? Someone's going to walk out of this room and do something incredible because they're receiving this message by faith. See it, see it, see it in here before it happens out there. They used to teach us when we were playing basketball, standing at the free throw line, to envision the ball going into the hoop. And they said, you gotta be so focused because there's gonna be people screaming all around you. There's gonna be people blowing their air horns and holding up signs and waving crazy objects, trying to get you distracted. 
This is why people don't see it oftentimes is because we're distracted. This is why I encourage you to fast something this month because what fasting does is it eliminates distractions. It stirs up an appetite for the spiritual realm. It stirs up a hunger for God. It, it, it eliminates the distractions of, of the flesh. See it going in. This year is your year to succeed. This is your year to prosper. This is your year to grow. This is your year to whatever that you're over, whatever your hand touches, prosper. Second thing is prophesy, prophesy. This is taking the vision from in here and bringing it out here. Speak it out. God had the vision of what this world was gonna look like and in Genesis one, he said, let there be light and there was light. He said, let there be land and there was land. Let there be water and let there be animals and let there be seed bearing plants and God began to speak and as he spoke, it came to pass. I want you to prophesy over 2017. Prophesy what God's about to do. Prophesy the, the dream coming to pass. Prophesy the fulfillment, TW, of what God's placed in your heart. Prophesy it, speak it out, put it on your mirror. Every day, I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. By his stripes, I am healed. I am going to prosper this year. Everywhere my foot touches, I'm gonna prosper. Some of y'all think I'm crazy. But I'm telling you, the world gets this even more than the church gets this. There are people in the world that are fulfilling prophetic words that don't even go to church or believe in God, but they see the power of their words. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. You say nothing, you get nothing. I'm not gonna do that name it, claim it stuff. I'm not speaking any of that stuff, okay? See where it takes you, don't say anything. And I'm not talking about something that's selfish, that's all about you and for you. Whatever it is, it's all for his glory. Whatever God wants to bring to your life, he wants to bring through your life. It's not meant to stay all wrapped up with you. You're meant to share it with the nations of the earth to help the other 90% of the earth that's living on less than $2 a day. You're helped to free those that are in captivity. You're here to help those that are poor. You're here to help those that are in bondage. You're not here to just get a bunch of stuff for you. But in order for you to be used, in order for it to flow through you, you got to start speaking it out over you. I'm blessed. I'm prosperous. I got income coming from multiple locations. And every time it comes in, I'm sharing it. I'm advancing the kingdom of God. I'm giving it back into missions. I'm giving it back into outreach. I'm helping raise up the next generation. I'm helping raise up the next leaders. God wants you to start prophesying what he wants to do in and through your life. God can't do it for you. You got to do it. That's why he gave you a mouth, to start speaking those words that he's put inside you. You receive that? All right, I'm almost done. Here, here it is. Oh, by the way, on prophecy, Isaiah 46 verse 10 says, declare the end from the beginning. So why don't you today, when you go home, just write in your journal, December 31st, 2017, I am going to look back over this year and I am going to celebrate with great praise for all the miracles that God is going to do. I'm gonna celebrate with great thanksgiving for all the breakthroughs God's bringing in 2017. Just declare the end from the beginning today. See it and speak it. And here's the third thing, seed it, seed it, seed it. Vision requires provision and provision always begins with the seed, seed. When I was 19 years old, God spoke to me to sow a seed into the children's ministry of victory. I was single, had no kids. God said, I want you to sow. My dad had gotten up and preached a message about how we're not gonna open up the sanctuary until the kids' ministry is finished. 
He wanted both to be open at the same time. I'm thankful my dad had a vision to raise up the next generation because that was me and my friends. And now we as a church got to continue to see the next generation as a priority to minister to children and teenagers and raise them up in the word of God. But when I was 19 and God said, sow into that children's building, sow into that children's ministry. And God told me to sow everything I had. So that was my savings. I just, I sowed it. God said, you're sowing into where I'm taking you. I'm going to give you children of your own when you get married. <laughs> Not before you get married. I'm going to give you children of your own. And, uh, and I'm also going to give you spiritual children. You're going to be a spiritual father. And God said, you're going to be a pastor to ORU students. I was going to ORU. Well, when I was at ORU, I didn't get hired as a pastor. I got hired as a janitor. And I was serving there and and I, I didn't get elected as a pastor there or anything. I was greet, God told me just greet at the back door, shake hands, love on people, minister to people, and sow your seed. So that's what I did. And can I tell you that today, every week, about a thousand plus ORU students come to Victory and that I get to pastor those ORU students. And since graduating, I've gotten to go back and speak every year, sometimes twice a year into that student body. But I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had not sown prophetically into what God was telling me to sow into. God doesn't want you to just sow into what you need this week. He wants you to sow into the generations to come, into the next 100 years. When I first stepped in as pastor, people would ask me, hey, what do you see for the Dream Center over the next 20 years? And I'd be like, I'm trying to prepare my sermon for this Sunday. I don't know. You know, I was just swimming right here. All I could see was the, the next Sunday. I would preach a sermon and they'd be like, what's your vision for the school? Just let me preach a, a, a sermon this Wednesday night. I was so, but over time, here I am now and I can see further. And now I'm not just seeing what, what needs to be preached next week. I'm seeing where we're going for the next 20 years. I'm seeing the vision of how we're going to reach a million people every week. I'm seeing the vision of how we're called to influence 10% of our city every week. God wants you to see and prophesy and seed into what he's called you to do. In Jeremiah 32, God said, Jeremiah, buy this field for 17 shekels. He bought it. He didn't buy it to live there. He didn't buy it to camp out there or pitch a tent there. He bought it to prophesy what God was going to do in the land of Israel. He bought the land, and when he stood on the land, he said, God, you're bringing people back to Israel. The captives are coming back home, and they're going to build homes here. And they're going to plant vineyards here. What was Jeremiah doing? He was seeding prophetically into where God was going to bring Israel in the days ahead. God wants you to start sowing into the areas that you're believing for resurrection. You're believing for restoration. You're believing for harvest, for breakthrough. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do service. We're going to end. I want the band to come out. We're going to end a little uniquely today. We're going to sow into the plans and the dreams God has for us this year. But we're going to all, all of us are going to do something today. Even if you have nothing to give, it's all good because we have enough envelopes for everybody to take an envelope, even if you give nothing today. I want you to write in these envelopes the dreams that God's put in your heart for this next year, but I encourage you to ask yourself, how can I sow into what God's calling me to do? Today, challenge yourself to sow something above what you might normally sow. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says that a farmer who plants only a few seeds will reap a small crop. You reap what you sow. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. 
And then he says this, you must each decide in your heart what to give and don't give reluctantly, don't give in to pressure. So today, no pressure, but you listen to God. And he says, God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Today, as you get ready to give, I want you to give as a seed, cutting the strings of yesterday, a seed of releasing and surrendering what's happened in the past and a seed of what God's about to do. And it says that God will generously provide all you need and you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Everybody say harvest time. I was talking to one of our prayer warriors in the church. They said, Paul, this is the year of restoration, massive restoration. This is the year where people are going to start seeing harvest on their seeds. You can't get a harvest if you haven't sown a seed. If you want to see harvest time this year, have some seed time today. Consecrate yourselves today for tomorrow. God is going to do wonderful things among you. This is the year for the marketplace ministry to take off. Those that are in the business round, business women, businessmen, real estate, all the different areas, students, colleges, campuses, teenagers. This is the year for revival outside of the church, outside of the four walls of the church. God's going to start using you in incredible ways. And if he can get it through you, he will definitely get it to you. If he knows that you're a generous vessel every week, I'm like a pizza box. I'm not the pizza. I'm just the vessel. I open up the box, you get to eat the pizza, it's God. Y'all are like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Jensen Franklin helped me to see that. But you know, I wanna tell you today, God wants to use you as a vessel this year. If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. He'll bring the funds that you need. He'll bring the provision that you need for that vision that you wanna fulfill, that dream. Don't let go of the dream. God, speak to us. On every envelope today, there's a top line that says prayer request praise report. Whether you're giving or not today, I want you to just, I wanna hear from you. Can I hear from you today? I want you to take an envelope, even if you're sitting there right now and it already passed by, you just say, hey, give me one of those. He said I can write on there even if I'm not giving. (laughs) So take one and I want you to write down on the prayer request praise report the thing that you're believing God for this year. Maybe it's freedom from an addiction. Maybe it's a dream to be fulfilled. Maybe it's to get married. Maybe it's to have children. You haven't been able to have children. It's been a painful season for you. This is your year. Breakthrough. Maybe it's restoration in your family, healing. Maybe you've walked through a lot of hurt and pain. Someone cheated on you. Someone did something mean to you. You've walked through a lot of just hurt, bitterness, offense. This is your year to be healed emotionally. To be loosed on the inside. Maybe you've been in sin, you've been walking in this sin and you don't know how to be free of this sin. Today, I believe as you're sowing prophetically, God's gonna give you strategy, he's gonna give you freedom, he's gonna give you wisdom. As you're filling this out, I want us to watch a video of how our seeds this last year changed the world. And, uh, and then after the video, we'll take some time on what we're gonna do. We're gonna end with a shout of praise as we sow our seed today. But check this video out of what God did in 2016. 
I see a church that's moving in the Spirit of God, a church that's empowered by the Holy Spirit, a church that's resilient against adversity, a church that won't be defined within the four walls that it sits. I see a church that's reaching into Tulsa, Oklahoma, United States of America, and to the ends of the earth, a church that's consumed with the Great Commission to preach the gospel. A church that's blooming with creativity. A church that's filled with compassion. Can you see it? God for what you did in this last year and God we are great expecting greater things in this new year Lord we thank you for what you've done in the past but God we're not camping out there Lord we're believing for even greater things in the days ahead we believe our best days are right in front of us God we can see it and we're prophesying it and we are seeding into it in Jesus name if you agree say amen isn't that awesome that 30,700 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ this last year? 2,400,000 people were reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We look at those big numbers and we don't realize every number is a name. Every number is a person. This year when we were in Rwanda just five months ago, a Muslim boy started walking towards the stage in a mass crowd, about 10,000 people. And he was wearing all of his Islamic outerwear and he kept getting closer and closer. He had a very intense look on his face. But when he got to the stage, he took off his hat, he took off his robe and he lifted up his hands. He was in a t-shirt and jeans and he said, I want Jesus, I want Jesus. <laughs> Man, I got off that stage and I had an interpreter with me. He could speak some English, but he began to talk to me. And he said, our, our, our neighborhood is poor. No one here has jobs. We live in hut villages, mud hut villages. This was not in the capital city of Rwanda. This was in an outer neighborhood, about two hours away from the capital city. He said, we have nothing. He said, all my life I've grown up with this religion. But today, your church, your ministry came to my village, my neighborhood. 
And when you were preaching about the love of God, there's something there that I, I had never heard before, that the Son of God gave his life for me. He died on the cross for me, that I can't earn my way to heaven, that I can only be saved by faith in Jesus Christ. This kid's preaching my message back to me, and I'm crying. He goes, that's what I want. I want Jesus. He said, I know it's going to be dangerous for me. Pray for me, because my family won't let me stay at their house anymore. They're going to reject me. They're going to disown me. But he said, thank you. Because today you gave me life. You gave me salvation. Church, that's one of the 30,000 people that were impacted because of your seed. Your seed. I want us to stand to our feet right now. We're going to worship God. And here's what we're going to do. We are going to sow our seed in a unique way. Instead of passing buckets down the row, we're going to bring our seed down to the altar today. If you're standing near the back, we've got ushers that are standing right in front of your section, behind you, and in front of you. But what you can do, if you feel that freedom, those of you that sit on the floor, as we begin to worship, I want you to lay down your seed in a prophetic act today of faith to say, Lord, I am sowing into the dreams and the plans you have for my life this year. I am sowing into your kingdom, and I believe you're bringing seed back into my life to fulfill what you've called me to fulfill this year. So right now, as we begin to worship, you just start bringing your seed down to the altar, down to the usher that's in front of your section. And then once you do, if you don't mind, just hanging out with me for a few more minutes. We're going to worship together, and then I promise I'll dismiss you. But let's do this together. Let's finish strong this last year. Let's go into 2017 today with great faith, great generosity, great hope, great expectation. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for 
those in this room that are hungry for more of you, God, that you're going to fill them. Lord, those that are thirsty for more of you, God, that you're going to satisfy them. Lord, those in this room that are desiring to grow in their relationship with you, that are, Lord, they're stirring up their appetite to know you more and to know who the Holy Spirit is and to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you this would be a year that you begin to speak to people. Lord, in their sleep time, you speak to them in their work time. You speak to them, God, in the morning, in the evening. And God, that you begin to give them clarity, direction, decisions, insight, prophetic insight, wisdom, Lord Jesus, healing, miracles in Jesus' name. God, we just pray for our city right now. Lord, I look at all these seeds at this altar and I see this is, this is going to reach our city. This is going to reach the families in this city. Lord, the singles in this city, the homeless in this city. God, this is going to reach those that are hurting, those that need to hear the gospel. Lord, I look at these seeds and I just pray for Tulsa, the greater Tulsa area. I just pray, God, for the families, those that are in Bixby and Broken Arrow and Sepulpa and, and Lord God, Glenpool and those that are uh, uh, in Sand Springs and Manford, God, and all the surrounding towns, Lord Jesus. God, I pray for those that are uh, spread out across Oklahoma that are connected to victory. And then, Lord, all in the Midwest, in the United States of America, God, I pray this year our nation would have revival, revival in the businesses, revival in the White House, revival in Washington, D.C., revival on TV, revival in the news, revival in the secular arenas, revival in the sports places, revival in the NFL, revival in the NBA, God, revival in the media realm, revival in Hollywood, revival in the movie world, revival in the TV show world, revival on Netflix. Lord, I pray, God, every sector, every area where we thought that's a boundary, God can't go there, He can't touch that. No, God, we take the limits off. We thank you, Lord God. You are bracing up leaders to invade and influence the world for your kingdom to come, for your will to be done. Lord, I pray for people in this room that have a dream that's too impossible for them to accomplish. That today you're stirring up their faith that you can do it. Nothing is too difficult for you, God. Nothing is impossible for you, God. keep hearing the word dessert that God wants to give dessert today for some of you that you stayed for the meal but you stayed past the meal you're wondering is there more is there something more is God wanting to do something more he's saying I got dessert for you there's some stuff I want to do in you for you through you there's words he's going to speak to you right now just be still just for a moment Prosper. Press forward, say the Lord. 
wonderful, marvelous things have already been prepared for my people. If I can only get you to believe me, said the Lord. And be obedient in your heart, said the Lord. Be obedient. Love one another, said the Lord. Put your faith in my name, because my name is above every problem, every challenge, everything that can come against you in this life. Even death itself, I have already conquered, said the Lord. What is there to fear? No fear in 2017, says the Lord. No fear, because I, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shammah, is here. Amen, amen. No fear in this new year. Someone's receiving it right now. Why don't we all just lift our hands right now to God? And I'm going to, I feel just to pray a prayer over all of us today before we dismiss that what you just heard, that prophetic word, that revelation that God was speaking, you're receiving it. Lord, I just pray right now, God, just that we would receive your word by faith this year. A season to prosper, a season, God, to increase, a season, God, to stir up the appetite, not just a season, but a whole year and beyond. Lord, I pray, God, a shift in a lifestyle today, a shift in a family today, a shift happening in a marriage today, a shift happening in someone's attitude today, going from curious, God, to going engaged with the Word of God, going from being on the fence to going all in, diving into the deep end of the pool to experience everything that you are. God, I pray for those today that have been turned off, Lord, today that they're being turned back on towards you, God. Lord, I thank you. This is a year for prodigal sons to come back home, God, and to be plugged into the church, to be leaders, God, to rise up into the calling that you have on their life. Daughters too, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord. You're about to use singles in a new, fresh way. God, to do something incredible in Jesus' name. Now, just say this with me. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord, my Savior. Jesus, I'm all yours. I consecrate my life for your glory. Use me, God, for your glory. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen.